Thank you, Devin. Thanks for setting up and for all the hard work. I appreciate it very much. Um, and welcome everybody to uh, this webinar on having an intern, a law student intern in your legal organization. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy days to hear about this. Um, and um, we hope to educate you and you'll learn how to do it and why to do it even most, I think most importantly. Um, so first I want to introduce myself. I'm Bill Gavovich. I'm the general counsel of Primark US. We are a Dublin-based retailer. We operate 13 US stores presently um, in seven states. Um, and our headquarters for the US division is, is right here in Boston. Um, I want to offer a welcome from the in-house forum of the Boston Bar. I've been a member of the in-house forum for a number of years now and find it a great place to network, to learn about programs, um, to get to know others in our in-house community. Uh, and I appreciate their support and um, the chair, James Coughlin, in supporting today. Thank the BBA, not only Devin Bevinson, but also Sarah Mackey, who helped us put this all together. Um, I want to note that each panelist here is on their own, and their opinions are theirs and not their organizations. Um, we've identified the organizations in the outline of it, but we really are here um, as our individuals. We're going to hold questions and answers until the end. You can put them in at any time, but we have time reserved at the end of the program today to address all of those. Um, we also will be adding later on in the program our email addresses if you want to contact any of us um, with further questions about internships. Um, that will be available to you. Um, and now I'm going to ask each panelist to introduce themselves. First, Sharice, then Mandy, and then Katie. Hello, everyone. My name is Sharice Barandau. Uh, currently, I'm a trademark examining attorney at the United States Patent and Trademark Office. I am also a Suffolk University alumni uh, and recent graduate. Um, I guess I still am a baby lawyer, what you would call it. Um, I passed the bar in October of 2021 and have been working at the Patent and Trademark Office ever since. Hello, everybody. My name is Mandy LeBeau. I'm the Assistant Dean for Career Development and Public Service at BU Law. Um, I work very closely with lots of employers um, and students and helping students get started with their careers and recent graduates, um, helping them find that very first job. Um, we'll get more into the program, but um, I'm here to help and uh, tell you how to work with the schools. Hi everyone, I'm Katie Lazarus. I'm a senior legal counsel at Boston Globe Media. I've been here just since October, um, but I've been in-house in many different capacities for the majority of my legal career. I am a Northeastern Law School graduate, which as you know, has a robust co-op program. So legal in-house internships are near and dear to me. Great, thank you all. Um, and I'm gonna turn it back over to Katie. So Katie, why should a legal department have an internship program? What is your organization get out of having interns? And then I'll take it after you. Yeah, I mean, there are a million reasons why I think in-house departments and, and all legal departments should have interns, um, especially in the in-house in in context. You know, typically you're working in these teams that are, they run very leanly. And so there is um, always a need for extra resources, extra help, um, not just on the 
substantive day-to-day legal tasks that need to be done, but also on the value add type of projects that you know, every in-house team and every company benefits from that, you know, the lawyers don't always have the time to commit to. And that's a great opportunity, I think, for legal interns to come in and hit the ground running, whether it be through, you know, creation of FAQs or tip sheets, you know, research memos, even just organizing contract management databases. There are so many ways that the organization can get value out of it. Um, On a personal level for me, I think having gone through the Northeastern co-op program, I got so much out of my legal internships that for me, it's also an opportunity just to pass that forward a little bit to to younger attorneys and to give them that opportunity. Um, I think also it is, it's an opportunity for attorneys at various levels of seniority within a legal department to get experience with um, managing and mentoring and developing um, up and coming attorneys, which I think can be a great opportunity at the Globe. We are only three attorneys. So to have that opportunity for um, people at different levels in in our department is is great. Um, And of course, it's just another opportunity to add new ideas and innovation and diversity of thought to the department, which I think is always a benefit. That's a great list, Katie. You you hit a lot of the really important things and how you weave the intern into the life of the legal department. The only things um, I would add is, um, and you touched on it, was introducing the next generation of lawyers to in-house work. I know at my company, I started it because I felt like I loved being an in-house lawyer and yet um, many law students never saw that as one of their you know, career options. So I wanted to make sure people had a little bit of time or had the opportunity to have a little bit of time in-house in an organization to understand what happens there. So that's been a real um, benefit. I also use it for our um, diversity, equity and inclusion agenda um, and look at it. You know, I look at my uh, intern applicants and um, use that as one of the criteria in evaluating who to hire. Um, and it helps us look at it that way and bringing, as Katie said, bringing different voices around the table um, is always helpful. I am a legal department in the U.S. of one person. So as I say to every intern, I don't have time to make up work for you. So anything I give you, either I would do or I would hire outside counsel to do. So it's real important work. They also in our organization, and we'll get to this later, um, they do it for credit. So a lot of the time in our internship is um, observing meetings um, to understand what, and I try my best before and after any any meeting to sort of put the context so I'm teaching about it. Um, and that's, that's a benefit to the organization because I've gotten good ideas about the problem I'm working on or the matter I'm working on from the intern. Um, and then the last two ones I would think of are one, um, it sort of scratches my itch of being a teacher. You know, there's a, there's teaching involved and I, I like that part of it. And Katie used the word mentor and that's important too. Um, and then finally, um, it could be a pipeline if your organization hires from law school. I know Mandy will touch on this. Um, it's a way to learn talent in more than the tra- traditional interview process. So it, as you can see, there's a long list from both Katie and myself of these benefits, each organization will look at it a different way, but there's a lot there um, that add to the legal department 
um, in setting up an internship program. So that's on that side of the equation. I'm gonna now ask Charisse um, to talk about her internship uh, experience. She was an intern and um, a star intern. Um, and so I will turn over to Charisse to talk about what you got out of being an intern during law school. And I think you did multiple internships, not just one at a certain Irish-based retailer. Thank you. Yeah, I was actually one of Bill's interns at Primark uh, during my second year of law school. And I really attribute where I am today to being in that internship space because it gave me the opportunity to uh, expand on my experience in intellectual property law. Um, when I interviewed with Bill and, and we talked about what type of work I would be interested in doing at that time, I really had no idea what area of law I wanted to go into, but I had an idea and I, I told him that I was interested in intellectual property and he made sure that he presented me with work and projects uh, in that specific field of law, which helped me get that hands-on experience and helped me realize, okay, this is something that I, I could see myself doing. Um, and another thing that was really great about this internship experience was that I was able to leave with something. Uh, specifically, I had a, a presentation project that I had been working on uh, throughout the course of the entire internship. So I was able to leave with something tangible and be able to say, I was I presented on this field of uh, area of law and uh, this is what I learned. And um, so it was great to to come out of that experience with something and be able to say that I presented in front of a certain amount of people. Um, and it helped me learn a lot uh, specifically about intellectual property. And now, as you can see, I, I work in trademarks at the Patent and Trademark Office. And I really think uh, this is where I first got a taste. Of, of trademark law. So it really opened so many doors for me. Excellent, thank you. Yes, in each of, I'll get to later, I guess, but each of my interns do their own presentation on their topic. So yeah, it allows them to go deep into something. Um, Mandy, I know you during law school were an intern in a couple places. Do you wanna add a few things to that? Yes, actually, so my personal experience is in my second year of law school, I worked in-house with the Stop and Shop Legal Department uh, with their labor and employment folks. It was a wonderful experience. I got academic credit for it in my 2L year, and then um, they liked me and referred me to their outside counsel, Cyfrost Shaw, which then Cyfrost, wait, I'm sorry, I skipped a step. They hired me for academic credit in spring of 2L year. They liked me. They kept me on in a paid summer position during the summer um, in between 2L and 3L, and then referred me to Cyfar Shaw, their outside counsel um, that handled labor and employment matters for them in my 3L year. So I went to work with Cyfar Shaw on Stop and Shop Matters during my entire 3L year. So it was a wonderful experience, and I got to see how things are handled from the inside and then outside counsel, and it was just wonderful to see that complete picture. Now, clearly my career took different turns and now I work in career development here at the law school, but I always encourage students um, to consider in-house internship opportunities. It's a wonderful way to be introduced to what goes on in-house. And otherwise, most folks have no idea. Um, they, they really don't understand what how law is practiced in-house. Um, so it's a wonderful way for them to have that exposure. And many of our students will go work with law firms and then you know, be on the side where the, the company is the client. So it's nice for them to understand how things function from the inside out. Um, 
students have the opportunity, and we'll get into this a little bit more, to work for paid positions or to receive academic credit. So most schools refer to the academic credit um, position as an externship rather than an internship, whereas interns would be the paid positions. And we, like I said, we'll discuss that more um, coming up. I never knew that. That's good. I always wondered what the difference was. People use different words for it. Okay, now I know. Credit is extern, paid is intern. Okay. I check. I got that. Um, great. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to turn it over and ask Kate, Katie um, to review sort of that credit versus paid. And I know the Globe's done it both ways. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, awesome. sure. Um, we basically give the option if uh, the law student wants to do it paid or for credit. The way it typically pans out that we don't, but though we don't mandate this is that if it's during the school year, typically the student opts for credit, whereas during the summer, they typically opt for, opt for it paid. Um, we really don't have a preference. I think, you know, for us, we just want to make sure that it's an opportunity that's as broadly available to people as possible. Um, so, you know, uh, unpaid internships are really great, but if you can't afford to take an unpaid, then that will, you know, uh, end up eliminating some, some really great qualified candidates. So um, that's why we like to offer both options. Um, and we, we tend to be very flexible with how we do it. Um, because I think we're a small legal department, there's not a lot of bureaucracy or red tape that goes around making these decisions. Um, our general counsel, being an influential member of senior leadership, can kind of just, you know, put his stamp of approval on, <laughs> on whatever we want to do, whether that's setting the amount of pay or even just implementing this kind of program to begin with. Um, the Globe started doing these programs before I joined, but it sounded like it was just a decision one day where they said, hey, let's consider this. We could benefit from it. And the general counsel said, OK, great, I'll add it to my budget this year. So we were a little bit lucky in that regard. Um, I know that's not the case for every legal department, um, but that is that is how we do it. Do you have different um, hour expectations if it's paid or if it's credit? We don't. Um, we give the option of working up to, I think it's 37 and a half hours um, a week. And we are very flexible with students' schedules. So whatever hours they want to work, we typically are, are fine with having them work whatever they want to do, as long as it's, um, you know, as long as it doesn't exceed that amount of hours. Right, right. Um, and just in contrast, so the program I've set up at Primark is credit only um, with, with Suffolk Law School. I've had a great relationship with them. I'm on my 11th intern. And um, with credit, it's 10 hours a week that they're there. And I only do it during the academic semesters, I've, you know, because during the summer, the students need to or want to make money. So and I don't I went with credit. Um, one is I was used to that um from uh, my prior job but also um i didn't have any budget and my dublin legal office to you know into which i report didn't have interns and knew about the concept but just had never done it and i wanted to get this up and running quickly so um it's done that and it's i, I think worked well it had good applicants um hard decisions every semester and i've enjoyed it but it definitely is a different it's it's not a full-time 
thing. It's just another class that they're taking um, during the time they're with me for that semester. Great, great. Um, let's get down to some nuts and bolts and see how this really works from the law school side. I think that's, you know, one of the thoughts I had as I set it up was, you know, which law school do I go to? When I was at um, my prior job at Staples, we had people from uh, three or four different schools. Um, I went with Suffolk because it was literally around the corner from our office and our main flagship store, so it made sense. Um, but the support and interaction of the organization and the law school is key. Um, and finding, the, um, getting the support you need from your school is really, really important. Let's hear from Mandy about, you know, how BU looks at it and I think generally how law schools look at it across Boston. Sure, Bill. Thank you for that. Um, it's actually very easy once you've decided that you want to have an intern or extern to work with the law schools, um, I think the first decision would be, you know, which school do you want to work with? Um, contacting the career development office or the career services office should be your first stop. Um, if you're hiring for pay, uh, then definitely they can assist you very easily with that. We all have online job boards. So our first step would be in helping you to create a job posting that could get posted for the students to see. Um, just the nuts and bolts of the posting. Normally it should include a brief description of the company and then a description about the internship position itself and tasks that you can expect that the intern might work on. Um, it helps if you include a list of qualifications. I know that some companies might specify they'd like to see a student who's taken a contracts negotiation class or perhaps a health law class or intellectual property class, depending on what you see them working on. Um, and then uh, if you're interested in having uh, rising 2Ls apply or rising 3Ls apply, um, that helps us to know which group of students to target with your posting. And then um, a list of the required materials that you'd like to receive. So the, the list basically could possibly include a cover letter, a resume, a writing sample, references, and or a transcript. I mean, you don't have to have all of that, but those are just sort of the, the basics that we tend to, um, tend to need to know if you wanna include those or not. Um, and then from there, we take the job, we post it for our students, we will at BU target specific groups of students based on what you told us you're interested in. If you're only looking for two L's and you want students of uh, you know, um, a diverse background or students who are interested in health law, then we know who they are and we will target those students with your posting so that they, they get an opportunity to see it. Um, and then from my office's perspective, we can go ahead and collect the applications for you and send you a complete package that then you could review, or we can have applications sent to a contact person um, at your organization on a rolling basis. Uh, whatever you decide is easier for you. We're happy to work with you on that. Now, if you come to me and you say, I'd like to offer this position for academic credit, I'm going to put you in contact <laughs> with our corporate externship uh, office. And they're great about working with employers and figuring out how it can fit within the program and then finding specific students for the placement. Um, and every law school has some version of that. Um, you might hear called the co-op office or the experiential learning office um, or just externships. So, um, you know, getting you in contact with the right people is half the battle, um, but we're all willing to help and we'll try to make it as easy for you as possible. 
Um, in terms of timing, that's the other thing we wanted to, to address today. So if you're looking to hire summer interns um, and you're, you're focused on one, one else, then I would really recommend waiting until like November or December to post at earliest. Um, because they need the first couple of months of law school to just get acclimated to being a law student. Many of them think they're going to apply for a job as soon as they get on campus in September, but really they need to learn how to like read cases, briefcases, IRAC, all that stuff, right, before they can move on to looking for a job. So November or December would be the earliest time frame for hiring for summer for 1Ls. Um, for 2Ls and 3Ls, it's really wide open. Um, and maybe Bill and Katie can talk about the timing of when to hire for the externs for ac academic credit. My understanding is you want to talk to the folks in those offices as soon as possible, probably like even four to six months before the semester begins, because there's a process students have to enroll in it as if it's a course to receive the academic credit. So everything needs to be set up well in advance. And I'll pause right there. Oh, that's really helpful. And I know from uh, my prior organization, all the law schools are very helpful. They, they, they really believe in these programs, internships or externships as helping their students be out in the world, seeing real lawyers, learning more of what they want to do or sometimes what they exactly do not want to do. But crossing that off the list is probably at times as important as things that you're adding to the list of possible career options. Um, so it's been great in a, and the law schools are really supportive of these because um, they want those connections in the community for their students. Students usually, I think, rank an internship slash externship pretty highly on their law school experiences. And, and I told Mandy this before, but I can echo everything she just said because our current intern is a BU law student and they've been phenomenal to work with, both the intern and BU. So, and in terms of um, deadlines for us, um, so it's, it's interesting you say that, Mandy, because usually for summer internships, we accept applications through the end of December, um, but that's what you just said is going to make me rethink that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I think probably for our, we have um, spring internship um, set up and summer internship set up, but for fall, I would say we'd probably start taking applications around now. So to your point, we, we do it well in advance. Yeah, and we I, I'm in a constant conversation with Suffolk about when to do each semester. Um, I have my job description pretty much set that I use over and over, but I put in um, the job description for like for like the fall. I'm getting applications now. I put it in about two or three weeks ago and I'll close um, in early May and then I'll interview before um, before the summer. Um, after their exams or before the summer. Um, and as you said, I, one of the important questions is making sure that they're getting credit for it and they can enroll in the internship class um, at Suffolk. So as a company, we follow very closely the Department of Labor rules on not getting free help. So we wanna make sure that number one, it's an educational experience. That's why I mentioned the observing um, I'm sure some of my interns under their breath say, do I have to see Bill in another meeting? Um, but they do sit in a lot of meetings. And actually what happens, I think Sharice can endorse this, is over time, my business partners, whether it's in the US or in Dublin, will say, hey, where's Sharice? I thought she was on this meeting. I'm like, well, she left a month ago, but she's you know, an important part of this. So um, they definitely ask for it. They keep them on uh, meeting invites for quite a while. 
afterwards and make sure that they uh, hear and learn about it, everything. Um, well, you just reminded me of an important point, if you don't mind, I add this. Um, it's important that legal work conducted by law students is supervised by a lawyer. Um, occasionally, we run into a situation where a student is asked to do something legal and supervised by a non-lawyer. Well, you know, that that's not, they're still students, they're still learning, and they're not licensed to practice law yet. So their work should be supervised by a licensed attorney. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for making, yeah, we want to make sure we're compliant in all of our advice here today, although there has been no attorney-client privilege, attorney-client privilege relationship established. No, just kidding. Um, um, I did want to talk a little bit about sort of, you know, since Mandy talked about from the law school side, uh, and I'll bring up a couple things, and if Katie, there's anything for you to add, about what you do internally at the organization to set up and run an internship program. So. There is the getting of approval for it, as, as Katie said. You know, it's usually up to the general counsel um, and whatever internal process they need to do. We hope that the list of benefits we um, each went into earlier are the list you'll go to your general counsel and say, "Here's all the great things an internship program can bring to us um, in our organization." Um, if you need to model out, if you're going to do pay, how much it will cost in the budget, you can do that. Um, with ours, you know, I had to go both through my legal department to get approval and also my HR department um, to have an unpaid worker on. We had to sort of figure out how to get that in the system where they don't somehow get um, paid. Um, and I had to prove that it was for educational purposes. We signed an agreement with Suffolk that shows that. Um, and I went over the materials with it. Um, for my interns, I created um, for day one an orientation on the company and the type of work. Um, so they sort of get some context early on. We have what we call an intern obligations agreement, which is basically a non-disclosure agreement because they're going to sit in on meetings where they will know things that the rest of the company doesn't know and that the world doesn't know. Um, additionally, and this may be a little bit of overkill, um, but we do have in the language about if you create a trademarkable, patentable item while you're under our employ, it's ours and you list the ones that you have coming into it. I haven't had an intern yet list any, but I'm excited about the day when they say, oh yeah, I've invented four things, you can't have them. Um, and maybe that day will show up. But, that, but, I, but there are some business leaders I've had to say, they've signed a non-disclosure agreement you know, we, you, we can talk to them about this. And there, you know, to be fair, there have been occasionally high profile things that I've not included the intern in, even with that, because um, obviously there's sensitivity around some things more than others within inside um, the company. Um, the other big thing I would say is um, I have, and I really work hard at this, I don't always succeed at having a very, I have an assignment sheet for any assignment. Here's what I want. Here's a description of it. I have a checkbox at the bottom. I'm happy to share any of these forms, the orientation, this form. But um, because I, I know when I was a young lawyer, not an intern, but they you'd meet with somebody and they'd sort of talk about a problem or an issue and you leave the office not 100% sure what you're supposed to work on. So to me, it's really important to be clear to the intern. Um, I want a memo or I want a you know, an FAQ or whatever it is. And here's the description of it. Here's what I'm giving you in materials ahead of time. 
And although most of the due dates, because it's usually not time sensitive work are sort of arbitrary, I do put a due date on there and I dole out the uh, assignments in a way I think is never overwhelming them um, because they really should only be working on their internship or sorry, externship work um, while they're at on the clock, so to speak, they're 10 hours a week um, with Primark. So um, to me, making sure, and, and obviously I try and create an environment where if they have any questions, they can come to me. But I know interns want to show that they know what they're doing and they're working hard and they're being independent and using initiative. So I want to sort of give them, and I think it's important to give them a lot of uh, very clear guidance, not sort of, hey, can you look into this law? Um, I want to say, here's what I want. Here's what we're going to end up doing. We'll talk about it while you're in the middle of the assignment so you don't spend too much time down one rabbit hole versus the other. Um, but I think that's important. And then the last two things I do in my internship, um, as Sharice mentioned um, before, I have every intern do a presentation on a topic um, that they pick themselves. It's, you know, it's got to be legal related. Um, Sharice was great on intellectual property law. Um, we have one next week of our current intern on NFTs, and that will be interesting. Um, we had one who did a negotiation seminar, and then at the end, we broke into pairs, and each of the two people in the pair had different instructions, and they had to negotiate a contract, um, and that was really interesting. They had never, some of them never been trained even for 10 minutes in negotiation, and so they appreciated that. And the last for me is um, they work four hours in our store to understand the business. That's the only place we're making money is selling clothes at our store. And so I want them to understand that. And then I have a conversation with them afterwards on what did you learn from with a legal lens now that you're in law school and you're looking at things in a different way? Um, what did you look at that of legal issues or legal considerations we need out of being that close to our business? Um, so that's my approach and some things. And as I said, I'm happy to share. Katie, any thoughts on how the internship programs runs at Boston Globe Media? Um, I, so I'm still fairly new to the Globe. So um, I am still developing how I will approach it moving forward. And I'm going to be consulting with you, Bill, because um, that program sounds great. I think we tend to do things a, a little bit less formally. Um, we have regular touch points with our interns and externs, of course. Um, you know, sometimes we break up the work so that it's more project-based. So if it's say, you know, some sort of a legal research assignment and memo, then that tends to be a little bit straightforward. I personally like to mix up those types of assignments with, um, you know, less, less just purely legal research because feedback we've gotten from our interns is when I'm in law school, all I do all the time is legal research. So show me the practical side of the business, which I think is what is valuable about um, in-house legal internships is so much of what we do isn't just purely legal work. It's about being uh, strategic business partners, really. So there's a whole other piece to it that is, in a lot of senses, um, almost commonsensical. It's, it's developing business acumen. It's a lot more than just the legal work. So I try to also find opportunities that don't cross inappropriate or legal thresholds, of course, um, for our interns to be able to get those experiences as well. Um, you know, we, we don't do anything with like any sort of a presentation or anything like that, but I love that idea. I think it's, it's great. Um, I'll have to find out. I know that for our 
ordinary new hires, non-internships, um, we give new hires the option of sitting in on one of our newsrooms morning meetings. So, um, and it's really just an opportunity to sit in and let, you know, listen in on all of the Globe reporters, um, pitch their story ideas and talk about things. It was something I did when I first joined, which I thought was uh, really cool. And I think, um, again, I don't know if we've done that in the past for interns, but I think that would be a, a really cool experience similar to what you're talking about with having them go and spend time in your shops. Is that option available for people you've just been on panels with? <laughs> I am definitely signing up for that. <laughs> Maybe uh, with a strong uh, agreement <laughs> in place. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That sounds that sounds really good. Um, I'm going to go to our. We're, we're a little early, but we've uh, gotten over a lot of information, so that's been great. I'm going to go to some of our questions now. We have more time to do that, so that's wonderful. Um, our first question. Um, with many in-house groups working more remotely, are you seeing success with hybrid in-office remote intern work? Um, Katie, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. So um, right now the globe is still fully remote, so we haven't tested out the hybrid model yet. We are switching to a hybrid um, in next month, actually. Um, it's it's interesting this did come up because our summer intern who we have lined up um, actually lives in Chicago. And so when we first onboarded her, we thought that we were going to be back to the office a long time ago. Um, so she was planning on coming to Boston for it. Given the last minute nature of everything changing, we actually reached out to her and, and gave her the option of whether she wants to do it uh, fully remote from Chicago or come to Boston. Um, and she she opted for the former. So um, we're not going to be able to test out that hybrid model yet, but I can say that just based on our current intern who's been fully remote that, um, you know, uh, I haven't heard otherwise, but I think it's still been very successful. Again, I think that the, the important thing is just to have those regular touch points. Um, what's not going to be very uh, helpful is if you just send out the assignments and then say, okay, good luck you know, let me know when it's done. Um, I think that's hard even when you're in an in, in-person um, situation, but especially so remote, you know, we try very hard to make sure that our interns and externs don't feel like they are just off on their own island floating around and, and doing the work without context and touch points and feedback. So I think um, to the extent that you can continue to promote those regular touch points and uh, really immersing them into the the whole company experience, not just the legal department, the better. Yeah, and actually, if I remember right, Sharice, you were there the day we closed. You'd started in January. We closed, obviously, in March. You you were hybrid, but half all there and half not there. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. I was going to say it. I was working with Bill at Primark right when uh, everything shut down. And I have to say the transition was pretty seamless because uh, we kept, we used to have weekly uh, check-ins uh, just to see where I was at with my work and the assignments that he had given me. And we just moved those weekly check-ins to Zoom. And so it was able to work well because I still kept up with the assignments and was able to have that contact with Bill to discuss them. And so I think it's always helpful when, you know, just carve out maybe five to 10 minutes to check in and touch base. And um, I was still able to also join the meetings 
that he was having via Zoom. So um, it, it did make the transition a lot easier because we were able to uh, stay super connected. But I, I did miss the camaraderie in the office, I have to say, and Bagel Mondays, I missed out on that. <laughs> yeah, that was the end of Bagel Mondays for a while, for sure. Um, and so this semester, um, the in, uh, I've given the intern um, all the options she wants whenever. So she comes in about once every other week um, into the office, um, and that works fine for her. I want to be accommodating to her schedule. We've sort of followed because we're right around the corner from the law school, their schedule. So as they've had more in person, we've had more in person. Um, but again, it's it's totally um, it's totally at their option. But yes, like with any employee, I think with the intern, it's we have a chat function through Microsoft Teams we use, and I sort of try and use that a lot just to see, hey, how's it going for you today? You know, during their hours that they're working with me um, to make sure that they feel connected and part of it, obviously the sum is observation, they're on calls, um, but other just to make sure that, you know, they know they're supported um, and I'm available for any questions or anything that they can do. Um, so we have another question sort of related um, of an attorney who's uh, in a 10 to 12 person in-house legal department um, and will be supervising their intern this summer. Um, we sort of talked about this, about how to keep them engaged. Um, I think also the other thing to do is to ask the intern after you start, what works best for you? How do you, you know, want to communicate? Let's, you know, set up definitely weekly time, but I usually have an intern during a portion of three days of the week. And I try and, you know, interact with them at least two of those three days, if not all three days, um, so that they feel extra supported. I don't know if there's anything additional anybody on the panel would like to say about hybrid working. Yeah, I think you made reference to this earlier, Bill, but also um, I like to try to pull our interns and externs into the meetings that I'm having to the extent that it's, again, appropriate for them to be in those. You're not talking about anything highly confidential. And I usually limit it to internal meetings, not really um, meetings with external parties. But, um, you know, for example, contract negotiation is something we do all the time. And I have um, Zoom meetings all the time with the business partners about talking th through and thinking through, um, you know, different aspects of the contracts that we're negotiating from a business standpoint. And so I always like in those kinds of situations to pull our intern into those conversations, um, not just as an opportunity for them to listen in, but also as an opportunity for them to get to know other people in the company. Um, whoever asked this question has a bigger legal department, which is great. And so I encourage ways to, you know, have them be in contact with the other lawyers, but also, you know, to find ways to connect them with other people in the company outside of the legal department, I think can also be really engaging. It's, it's especially in a ro remote capacity, it's kind of the equivalent of having those um, impromptu conversations, passing each other in the hallway or in the break room or whatever, which I to Sharice's point, I think does get lost with remote work. And so those can create touch points and relationships that, I mean, you never know where those can take, uh, where those can take folks. So I'd add that. Great, yes, no, I think you're right. I think thinking about just all the interactions you can 
offer to them. I mean, if one of the goals is to show what life as an in-house lawyer is, you want to have as many places that you do that. Um, I know my current intern said to me that before she started, her view or her understanding of in-house lawyers was just they sit at a computer and do contracts. Um, and, and as we all know, there's so much more than that. Um, so many times you're pulled into things. Um, and so showing as broad a view as possible uh, for the of the in-house counsel life is really, really important. Um, a couple more questions. Um, someone asked for me to share my assignment sheet. And while we do a couple other things, I can, I don't know if I could put it in the chat or I'm happy to have uh, the BBA send out my form. It's nothing special, but um, I haven't um, tried to trademark it. Um, although maybe I'll have to talk to Sharice about that later. Um, and then before we get to the letter, there's one last question. If others have, please put them in. And I, I was gonna, and I think I neglected to do this. I apologize. Um, we have some polling questions, just to get a sense of who's out there and what they've, what their experience have been. So Devin, can you put up the poll um, and we can have people answer those two questions. go. So if you can answer those two, just give us some idea. And I don't know, Devin, how you know when to close it, but you know, the number of participants and not everybody probably will answer, although we certainly hope so. Okay, and while you're doing that, we can answer the final question. Um, how would you advise law students who have changed interest and want to be an in-house attorney, but have experience in other concentrations to get internships? I am a 2L and have a background in criminal law, but have changed gears and want a career as an in-house attorney. Yay! Um, but I've been running into trouble finding internships because most companies are searching for students with in-house experience. Um, I don't know from a law school standpoint, you want to say anything, Mandy? I have my thoughts. Katie probably has her thoughts and Sharice may have her thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I would recommend the student look into their school's externship options um, because those don't require any prior experience. Um, it's for students to learn and get academic credit, as we've talked about. Um, so that would be a great way to get exposure to an in-house opportunity where the background's not an issue of how much experience you have. Um, also, as I'm, you know, putting up the plug there to all the companies and on this call, um, you know, reach out to the career services office, send your job postings, and then students like the one who just put the question in the chat will have an opportunity to apply and, and start filling that pipeline. Um, if I could also make one shameless plug, Bill, I meant to mention this. Um, some schools like BU Law, we have um, an in-house fellowship program for recent graduates. So um, companies will come to us oftentimes and say, you know, they might want to hire a recent grad, um, but not make a long-term commitment. You know, it, like as Katie pointed out, um, corporations always need help. Like you always need like an extra set of hands to do something. Um, so we find that recent graduates often can fit that bill. Um, and so we will help the companies to find applicants uh, who are interested, like the student uh, and who dropped the question in the chat, who want to start their careers out in-house, um, usually for like a one-year uh, 
position. But what we found with some of the companies that we work for, um, I don't know if I can name names, uh, but they're all, all recognizable corporations here in, in the New England area. They often love those fellows and, and make a place for them to stay in permanently with the team. Um, so if that's something that anyone's interested in, please feel free to reach out to me. We're going to drop our emails in the chat, I think, at the end of this program. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you. We'll, we'll get back to the question. Um, the answers, and I don't remember if everyone can see this or not, but um, so there are 73% of the people on today do have internship programs, which is great, but some don't. And we're hoping that people are inspired to go forward and do those. And those who have them have heard all the different ideas of ways to improve them or something different to try. And then in terms of an intern during um, law school, 73% also um, were interns. So that shows you, I think it, those people know exactly what they got from it and hopefully it played some role in their development as an attorney and maybe in their selection or of the area of law they wanted to be in or the elimination of area of law they wanted to not be in. Um, so that's good to know, that's great. Um, and now getting back to our, to our question, uh, Sharice, do you wanna chime in on this one? And then I'll ask Katie. Sure, yeah, I actually have a similar background to the law student, uh, Raphael. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, but um, my internship prior to working at Primark was actually in uh, a criminal court, uh, Roxbury District Court. Um, so I didn't have any in-house experience. I didn't even know any in-house lawyers. Um, I was a first-generation law student, so I barely knew any lawyers. Um, so I, my advice to you would be just apply because I applied to the Primark internship because it was something that I was interested in. And I was very honest with Bill in the interview and told him, that I didn't have experience working in-house, but I was uh, very interested in learning about um, the day-to-day -day responsibilities of in-house lawyers, and I would be interested in going in-house in the future. And um, luckily it all worked out. So even though I did have that experience in criminal law and I, I wasn't really sure where I wanted to be, um, I still took the chance to apply and it, it led me on a great path in practicing in an area of law that I'm really passionate about. So if you see an opportunity that you're interested in, absolutely go for it, despite uh, you not having the background or experience that you think uh, is required for the position. Katie, do you wanna um, chime in yeah. as well? Yeah, um, yeah, I love what Sharice just said. Um, I think very few of us are doing at this stage of our career what we thought we would be doing or were doing during our 2L year of law school. And I think almost every attorney understands that there is an evolution to your career path and that um, you don't have to know and be super committed like at any stage of law school um, to set yourself on a path to end up doing what you are destined to do. Um, so I think, you know, everyone can empathize with that on a human level. Uh, to Sharice's to point, because of that, yeah, just, just apply. Uh, from a practical standpoint, um, I think if you can make some sort of a personal connection with uh, whoever's hiring, that makes a huge difference. Um, you know, we are, as we've mentioned a couple of times, very, very busy. And so if it's a matter, you know, we do filter through every application, every resume that comes in, but it can be very helpful if 
someone reaches out to me via LinkedIn and said, hey, I applied, you know, I'm really interested in this and, and makes themselves known, um, that can be really helpful because it does help highlight your resume and your application and a sea of, you know, potentially hundreds. Um, the other thing is, you know, attend networking events, which I know is hard right now because everything is remote. Um, but before I was at, you know, earlier in my in-house career, um, I worked in-house for a company that did not have a legal internship program. We had never had a legal intern. Um, I attended one of Northeastern's networking events that connects alumni to current students. And they circulate lists of, um, you know, professionals who will be there. And I, I got there and this law student came up to me and said, you're Katie Lazarus. I've been looking for you all night. I, at the time I was working for a bank. She said, I have absolutely no banking law experience, but I, I this is what I want to do. You know, would you consider uh, an intern? And I was just so impressed by her. I was like, this is amazing. And so I went back, spoke to my general counsel. He said, yeah, sure, bring her in. And, and we brought her in. And, you know, sometimes you have to be creative and, and that goes not just for internships, but really any job application. Um, so that, that's the best I, advice I can give you. And the only thing I'll add is, and they did it, is use your alumni network of your law school because lots of people are in Boston from these law schools and uh, definitely a strong uh, connection people have. Well, with that, I'm gonna thank everyone. Um, we really appreciate all of your time today out of your busy day coming and learning about this and hopefully inspired both new internship programs for law students as well as improvements and, and best practices. Um, I wanna thank the in-house forum at the BBA. Again, a really great place to network and get to know people at very different organizations, at all different organizations. Um, and um, I wanna thank um, the BBA who, you know, I came with this idea of doing this and they supported it from day one uh, and made sure it happened. So I appreciate that. Um, and then uh, finally, um, Mandy, Sharice and Katie, um, I appreciate your time, your wisdom, your investment in this today. Um, you guys have helped make the, get this message. You guys have made this message get across, um, and I really appreciate it. Thank you all, and I hope everybody has a good rest of the day. Devin, do you have any final comments? Or? I just wanted to hop on and say thank you so much to our speakers for speaking today, and thank you so much to our audience for joining this afternoon. Um, we certainly look forward to seeing you at future events and programs. And have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.